You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Magic of public speaking takes you to the top, no more dreaming. Makes you a world class speaker. This a complete system, ain't nothing easier. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the show. And this is another special episode of the Communication Lecture Series where I take a communication topic and lecture on it. Today, I'm going to be talking about the world beyond words. In other words, I'm going to be talking about nonverbal communication. In order to understand the world beyond words, we should first define what nonverbal communication is. Now, I've said this before. Nonverbal communication is 93% of our communication. That leaves only 7% of our communication being verbal. And you may ask, how is that even possible? It's because that we're always moving. We're always moving around. We're not always talking. But we are always moving. And our gestures, our posture, our facial expressions, our space, our territory, all of that sends a nonverbal communication. So that's why the 93% is so high. 93% of our communication is nonverbal. So to understand the world beyond words, we should define what nonverbal communication is. The official definition of nonverbal communication is all aspects of communication other than words. It includes not only gestures and body language, but also how we utter words, inflection, pauses, tone, volume, and accent. There are some similarities between verbal and nonverbal communication. Uh, First, nonverbal communication is symbolic. We attach different meanings to different things. For instance, a wink, when you wink your eye. When you wink your eye at someone, that can send different nonverbal communications just depending on what people are trying to get across to other people. Uh, Depending on the context, uh, a wink might express a romantic interest, it might signal a joke, or it could indicate that there is something in the other person's eye. Another similarity is nonverbal communication is rule-guided. For instance... um, we like to set rules when it comes to our nonverbal communication. We don't even realize that we're doing it. It's often unconsciously. And um, f- like if we're trying to create a certain climate in our living room at home, what are we trying to do self uh, uh, unconsciously? We're trying to promote an atmosphere that is welcoming, that is homey, and allows people to interact. But in an office, you're going to arrange your atmosphere in your office to promote uh, working people, to promote uh, task-focused people and efficiency. Nonverbal communication may be intentional or unintentional. Uh, Like verbal communication, nonverbal communication may be deliberately controlled. For instance, you may carefully select the clothes that you are going to wear to a job interview uh, to show that you are a professional person and to show that you are credible and uh, based off what you're wearing. But nonverbal can also be unintentional because if the interviewer asks you a tough question, you don't mean to, but your eyes all of a sudden squint. And they can tell by your facial expression that you're puzzled by the question. You didn't intend to send that message, 
but you did it because you couldn't help it. Another similarity is nonverbal communication reflects culture. Now, I've said this on other podcasts before. There are many other people in this world besides the people in the United States. This is a huge world, and there are several different cultures, and different things mean different meanings in other places. Here in the United States, we like to shake hands. But in other countries, they would prefer not to shake your hand, but in return, they would rather you kiss them on both cheeks, or they would rather bow, take a bow, than shake your hand. Now let's look at the differences between verbal and nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication tends to be perceived as more believable. Usually when the verbal doesn't match up with the nonverbal, people are more likely to believe the nonverbal. Think about the relationships that you're in with, the, with your significant others. You may ask them sometimes, is something bothering you? And they say, no, nothing's bothering me. But the tone of their voice, the way they said it, the way they are carrying themselves, the way their facial expression is, it's telling you something different than what they are verbally saying. Verbally, they're saying they're okay, but their nonverbal is saying that they're not okay. When that happens, people are more likely to believe the nonverbal than they are the verbal. Another difference is that nonverbal communication is multi-channeled. Now, we talked about the speech communication process, and we know that channels is how the message is being delivered. Well, in nonverbal communication, the communication is multi-channeled, which means there are several different channels that the message could be sent simultaneously at the same time. Channels are means of transmitting messages. For instance, sound through airwaves and facial expressions through light waves. Nonverbal communication may be seen, felt, heard, smelled, and tasted, and we may receive nonverbal communication through several of these channels at the same time. And finally, nonverbal communication is continuous. Unlike verbal communication, verbal symbols start and stop. We may say something or write something, and then we stop talking or we stop writing. But however, in our nonverbal, we continuously are adjusting our posture and our facial expressions are constantly changing. So furthermore, nonverbal features of environment, such as lighting or temperature, are ongoing influences on interaction and meeting. So let's look at the principles of nonverbal communication. Nonverbal communication may supplement or replace verbal communication. So let's think about some of the things that we can do non-verbally where we don't even have to do verbally. If we want to say yes, what do we do if we want to say yes without saying anything at all? We nod our head. If we want to say no, we shake our head. And that sends out the nonverbal message of no. Sometimes by increasing your volume lets people know that you mean business or lets people know that you are trying to get something across to someone. Just the tone is supplementing your oral verbal communication. Another principle is nonverbal communication may regulate interaction. So in when we're having a conversation with someone verbally, we don't just we don't have to tell people when to say something next. When we're having a conversation with someone, we don't stop and say, okay, now it's your turn to talk. And then after we say a few sentences, we say, okay, now it's your turn to talk. 
No, we just kind of know based off nonverbal when it's our time to talk. It's in our minds. It's in our subconscious. We know that when someone takes a pause or they start looking around, that means that they're looking for a response. And that means that's your time to talk. And that just comes with communication skill. You develop that as you grow as a communicator. Now let's look at the types of nonverbal communication. Kinesics. Kinesics refer to body position and body motions, including those of the face. When a person is sitting up straight and they have really good posture, that is sending out a nonverbal message that this person is confident, they know what they want, and they're they're ready to take it. Our body motions say a lot about who we are, and the way we carry ourselves tells other people how we feel about ourselves, and it sends a nonverbal message about our self-esteem. If you have good eye contact with somebody that is respectful, that is showing them that you are paying attention, and that you are not intimidated by the conversation. Another type of nonverbal communication is haptics. Haptics is the sense of touch. Many scholars believe that touching and being touched are essential to a healthy life. There are studies that say that babies who are held closely and tenderly tend to develop into self-confident adults. And then people who are not touched enough grow up and have some intimacy issues. They have a problem of getting attached to other people. Physical appearance is also another type of nonverbal communication. Our physical appearance sends off a message. Uh, by the way we dress, by the way we uh, take care of our, ourselves through our hygiene, that's all sending a nonverbal message. Another type of nonverbal communication is artifacts. Artifacts are personal objects we use to announce our identities and heritage and to personalize our environments. So there's many different things that we carry around with us that uh, send a nonverbal message to other people. For instance, nurses might wear a stethoscope over their neck to symbolize that they are a nurse. Or a carpenter may wear a tool belt around his waist to symbolize that he's a carpenter. Or a lawyer may carry around a briefcase to show everyone that he is uh, in a business environment and he's an attorney. So there's several different things, several different symbols that symbolize who we are, and that sends out a nonverbal communication. Okay, uh, environmental factors. Environmental factors are elements of settings that affect how we feel and act. Our environment uh, says a lot about who we are, and it has a lot to do with our mental health, and it can really affect our feeling, and it could affect... Um, for instance, uh, food. If you're not thinking about food, but all of a sudden you see or you smell a certain type of food, it makes you hungry. That's an environmental factor. Chromex, chronomex is the next uh, type of nonverbal communication. Uh, Chronomex refers to how we perceived and use our time. How we spend our time and how we use our time and who we spend it with is sending out a nonverbal message. Uh, The length of time we spend with different people reflects our interpersonal priorities. 
Paralanguage is another type of nonverbal communication. Paralanguage is communication that is vocal but does not use words and includes sounds such as murmurs and gasps and vocal qualities such as volume, pitch, and inflection. Paralanguage also includes accents, pronunciation, and the complexity of our sentences. Silence is another nonverbal communication. Uh, Sometimes not saying anything at all says a lot. And I don't know about you, but when someone is silent and they're not saying anything, that's the worst thing somebody can do. Silence sometimes has a lot of power. Uh, Silencing is sometimes the cruelest thing that you could do to a person. But it's a nonverbal communication that uh, that people that people definitely do. Uh, there are social media and nonverbal communication thanks to emojis. Uh, sending out an emoji is a nonverbal communication. You have the smiley face, you have the frowny face, you have the sad face, you have the crying, laughing face, you have the crying face, you have the embarrassing face, you have the scared face. That is sending out nonverbal communication on social media. Ladies and gentlemen, that's about all I have for you here on this episode of the Communication Lecture Series. I hope that you did enjoy getting to listen to another episode here on Off the Cuff. Uh, I've done about 12 episodes of the Communication Lecture Series, and I feel like that this is a part of the podcast that people are enjoying and people tend to to gravitate towards when they're trying to learn about public speaking, and uh, I really appreciate it. But if you guys want to continue to listen to these episodes, all you got to do is just follow Off the Cuff's uh, Facebook page, subscribe to us on YouTube or iTunes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Communication Lecture Series here on Off the Cuff. I'm Adam Banks. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode. Shy.